Welcome, and thank you for joining us on the fifth of our series, Great Fund Insights, Opportunities and Alternative Investments. I'm Kamar Jaffer, a counsel in Adding and Overy's Funds and Asset Management Practice in the Middle East. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Nick Smith, my partner based in Dubai, to spotlight opportunities in the Middle East, and in particular, the Gulf Cooperation Council States, the GCC. Nick is a co-head of our Middle East Asset Management and Financial Services Regulatory Practice. He acts for numerous fund managers, sponsors, and financial institutions on the establishment and management of and investment into funds, including Sherry-compliant funds. Nick's clients include multiple sovereign wealth funds, and he has a particular expertise in real estate funds and REITs. Nick, thank you for joining. Pleasure, Kamal. It's great to have you. We're keen to hear what you're seeing in the markets in the Middle East. So let's kick off. What are the current trends you're seeing in the fundraising environment in the Middle East? How have managers navigated the challenges of COVID-19? Well, since around March 2020, fundraising for investment funds in the Middle East has certainly been negatively impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and the resulting market volatility. But on the bright side, I do believe long-term positive investor and manager sentiment to the Middle East continues. Larger, more established managers or managers with whom investors have pre-existing relationships are looking to or are already in the process of raising successor funds, although it may be taking longer to complete a raise, say around 18 months. They're also looking to raise not only from investors in the Middle East, but also specific institutional investors, including DFIs in the US, Europe and Asia that have allocations to the region. And that broader non-regional spread is a new broader horizon for at least some managers here. The pitch is different, though, for new emerging managers. We have seen some are able successfully to raise funds in the current environment, for example, because they've got an anchor investor or are focusing on a particular exciting area such as VC or credit that people are interested in at the moment. But otherwise, it has been rather a tough environment, frankly. And some managers have indeed been putting fundraisings on hold or are looking at alternative models to raise capital, for example, deal by deal structures or pledge funds. And shifting gear, what are you seeing in terms of Middle East Sovereign Wealth Fund and other institutional investors' appetite? What are some of the investment strategies and opportunities that these investors are focusing on? We see Middle East Sovereign Wealth Funds and other institutional investors continuing to seek to build a robust portfolio of investments in order to generate returns and drive their economies non-oil growth, for example, given the context of a low oil price environment. In terms of the regional asset management landscape, the 10 largest investors in the Middle East reportedly manage a combined around 3.7 trillion US dollars of assets. And the domestic investor landscape is really dominated by the sovereign wealth funds, which comprise seven of the top 10 investors and account for nearly 50% of the assets under management here. And in terms of sectors, we're seeing a lot of interest in new distressed debt special situations and dislocation funds, as well as successor funds in private equity, growth capital, buyouts, private credit and venture capital. At the same time, there's interest in logistics, broadband and digital infrastructure assets. There's also renewables. The technology is also a big one. And what are you seeing in terms of the demand for Sherry compliant funds? Well, maybe around half of the funds that we establish as a firm in the region are Sharia 
compliant. And we see this area, it continues to evolve and develop over time. Currently, what we see is a range of structures from conventional funds with simply Sharia excuse rights sitting in side letters to sort of more complex Sharia compliant parallel funds next to the conventional funds, as well as Sharia compliant feeder funds going into uh, conventional master funds. And managers have a number of options to domicile a fund in the region, including financial centers such as the Dubai International Financial Center, the DIFC, and the Abu Dhabi Global Market, the ADGM. What are you seeing in terms of choice of domicile and vehicle? Historically, Middle East fund managers, they've tended to establish many of their funds in the Cayman Islands. That's due in large part to strong investor familiarity. But in current times, we are seeing regional managers looking closer to home to the local financial services centres that you've mentioned, such as the DIFC and ADGM for their fund and fund manager establishments. The DIFC and ADGM, for example, they've got a range of fund vehicles and that itself continues to evolve, but it does include limited partnerships for the PE style funds, which we frequently work on as a firm, while their regulatory landscape is based on international standards. And I do see the trend for regionally based fund managers and their funds to grow. And this is combined with the attraction of the building out of the international double tax treaty networks accessible by the DIFC and the AGGM, for example. And at the same time, we do continue to work as a firm with managers and their funds domiciled in other parts of the GCC, such as Saudi Arabia. Nick, which areas are managers focusing on in terms of governance and economics to provide the flexibility they need to navigate this challenging and uncertain market environment? Well, Kamara, a lot of this is LP-driven for me. We're seeing increased LP focus on investment guidelines with sometimes greater input and controls allowed to LPs by GPs. We're seeing greater LP focus on investment periods, for example, extensions, follow-on investments, the ability to recycle distribution proceeds and limitations on borrowings. There's also LP scrutiny of a fund's valuation methodology, as well as a greater look at conflicts of interest policies and related party transactions by GPs and their affiliates. And I would say, in general terms, there's a greater kicking of the GPs' tyres by the LP community. And COVID-19 has sharpened the focus on uh, ESG. How are you seeing managers approach ESG in this part of the world? Well, similar to global trends, really, I think, in that the pandemic accelerated engagement with ESG. Sovereign wealth funds and other investors, they're starting to focus on tangible ESG objectives. And at the same time, certain investors have extensive questionnaires and asked managers to put forward case studies. But it's still, I think, fairly early days regionally with a range of approaches in the market. Partly the question is the commitment that managers are willing to make, that they are for sure having to enhance their ESG lens in part in response to investor sentiment. And the breadth, depth and quality of managed reporting is increasingly important here, I think. So in short, ESG, it's an area that will certainly continue to develop both in the region and elsewhere, and regional managers certainly cannot simply choose to ignore it. And in a competitive fundraising environment, what are you seeing in terms of the models that are being used by managers to attract institutional capital? We're seeing interest in a range of structures, including co-investments, separately managed accounts, funds of one, long-term strategic partnerships, as well as hybrids across these various structures, such as funds of one to build a seat portfolio, and then morphing into multi-investor funds once a critical mass has been reached. So the market continues to be creative here around structures. And what is your outlook for 2021 and beyond, Nick? 
Well, Kamar, I'm pleased to say it's a positive outlook for at least the immediate future from where I'm standing here at Allen Overy in the UAE. As a firm, we're seeing an uptick in both fundraising and investments, and I expect that only to be a growing trend during 2021. So the future for Middle East funds is a bright one for 2021. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate you sharing all these insights with us. For me, there are three key takeaways. One is that the structures that are being used in the Middle East are becoming more and more sophisticated in order to attract investor capital. So we're seeing separate managed account, co-investment, fund of ones that are being used. And those are also being used as part of a program going forward for managers to attract different pools of capital. Two is that Sherry compliant funds continue to be an important feature of the region. And in order to tap investors in that space, there are different structures that are being put in place. The third point is that ESG is becoming an important aspect of fund investments in this part of the world. Investors are increasing their focus on this and managers are looking at the type of commitments they're going to make in this space. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and stay safe. 